Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and our series on faith. The response this series is getting clearly demonstrates that the messages are landing where they need to, and I cannot express how thankful I am for the guests who are willing to share their stories on this podcast. As I prepare to launch episode for today's feature, I am in awe of the way our lives intersect when they need to, when we are willing to see it. I know you will understand when you hear this meaningful conversation between one of my former students and I, what an awesome young woman I get to share with you all today. Tansy is a quirky young woman with a passion for theatrical ministry. She is known for her talents in ventriloquism, as well as her drive to finish building her own tiny house. Her testimony includes physical healing and overcoming social anxiety. Her journey has had its challenges, but her love and faith in God have given her all the strength and courage to persevere. In this episode, we learn how Tansy lives a life focused on the mission of using her gifts and excellence, specifically through her ventriloquism. From Tansy's story, we learn how we too can embrace our passions and follow the path made for us. Friends, I cannot tell you how special recording this episode was for me. And we sat down in my home kitchen the very week I launched the first episode of the Anna podcast. Tansy had reached out to me on her break wanting to catch up. And of course, I asked her to be on the podcast, but I had no literal clue where I would place her interview. And when we chatted, I didn't have the series plans knocked out. This interview has been literally burning a hole in my pocket for six months, lying in wait for the right time to share it. And after listening to it again, I laugh at how obviously this episode was meant to be in the faith series. Releasing this episode is so incredibly special to me. Tansy is special to me, and I'm elated to share her with all of you. It is with pure joy that I bring to you Tansy Lou's faith story. Welcome, Tansy Lou, to the In Awe podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show, and I am really excited for our listeners to come to your story. So without further ado, can you share a little bit, Tansy, about what you're currently up to? Okay. What I'm doing right now, well, I'm actually on my um, Christmas break (laughs) from school. I go to North Greenville University in South Carolina. I'm currently studying theater and youth ministry, but right now I'm on my break and I'm working on building my tiny house. (laughs) You're on your break and where most 20-year-olds are hanging out, maybe doing another job that they hung to in the years that they were in high school. You are building a tiny house, paying yourself in the future. Can you just share a little bit with the listeners where you got this idea to build a tiny house? Well, I was in a, an architecture class or a residential design class in high school, and I finished designing this dream home. And it was like a five-story house with a pool and like a trampoline room and all that fun stuff. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, like, nobody actually needs this. So I started designing things on the computer that's like a really small space to live in. And I just kept narrowing it down smaller and smaller. And then I actually found out that there's this thing called a tiny house where people buy a trailer and build a house on a trailer and then they can travel the world in it. And I thought it was pretty cool. So I started designing those and then realized, hey, like I could live in one. I'm not a minimalist, but I think the idea is cool. So I'm working towards that now. (laughs) 
That's one of the things that I've loved about Tansy is that she's a authentic learner that when she has an idea, she's going to create a plan and, and kind of see it through. And in knowing Tansy, she's also an interesting spirit because she's a young woman who has accomplished a lot and has this kind of entrepreneurial vision. So Tansy, would you share with the listeners a little bit about how you got started with your ventriloquist business? (laughs) Okay. So, oh man, I was in fifth grade and there was a talent show and I was super shy. I struggled with social anxiety for many, many years. Um, And I was in fifth grade and there's this talent show in my class. I didn't have any talent, but for some reason I wanted to do something in the class. So I asked my mom if there's something I could learn. And she talked about ventriloquism and taught me how to do the alphabet, keeping my mouth shut or my lips from moving. So I performed a little skit in the class the next day. My teacher told me I should try to do the Washburn County Fair. And so I did the talent show there and I ended up getting first place just because it was such a unique talent, even though I wasn't actually good at it. Um, And people started wanting to have me perform in the nursing homes and like at different church events. I started doing like vacation Bible school and stuff like that. And people just wanted me to perform because it was so unique. And eventually I started really loving it and getting really good at it and using that as a way to share the gospel with other people or just to share laughs with other people. And it just became who I am. (laughs) What I love about hearing you describe that start is that you said you weren't good at it, yet you're getting all of these experiences. And one of the things that I've kind of found about you, but also about many of us, is that maybe we don't see our light until others see it. And you're also a realist. So you're thinking you had to grow your talent and you're just, you dug in and you've done that. And it does, it's not something that you just started doing, um, half way. Mm-hmm. By the time I met you in your journey, Tansy, you had already started your own business. And of course, yeah. as I know about you, always a new vision for something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you know, trying to create experiences for, for kids. And what I've also been able to experience is that you do create an experience for an audience that is memorable. People remember you. So could you talk a little bit about the business side of things in terms of your teen years, once you started monetizing some of those experiences? Well, I tried to get my mom to help me out booking a lot of shows and stuff. So she was my momager. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was really hard to um, actually go out and talk to people to get shows. Living in such a small town, it was easier for people just to know who I am and think of me and want me to come and perform. But moving to South Carolina, I've had to start over with that. Because if people don't know I'm a ventriloquist, I actually have to go and talk to them and be like, hey, I'm a ventriloquist. I teach about God. Can you invite me to come and perform somewhere? So it's been a lot harder doing like the business side of it that way. I've been working on a website. I don't like it. It's not a very good website. It's hard. Um, I like performing at events and stuff. So you're at a point where you're learning a lot. You mm-hmm. are, again you're not just going to peak 
at that space where you're going to do birthday parties for the principal's no. kids. No. By the way, she's phenomenal. And <laughs> one of my favorite memories and my children still love that and talk about it on the regular. Actually, my dad too Aww. mentioned that. But that you are looking to do, make a life career out of this. Mm -hmm. And so you're not just taking this kind of fun thing that you do, you are learning. So can you share with the listeners a little bit, not only about the fact that you're monetizing right now, but that you're growing, can you share the vision? What are you up to right now? That's going Mm -hmm. to hopefully build you into the best version of this. I'm still trying to figure out the vision for sure. It's been hard. It's been a journey that way. And I've had a lot more clarification this last semester, um, just thinking about it and, you know, talking to some of my professors, what it's like working in ministry and all that. I have narrowed it down that I would like to do just theatrical ministry. And there's a few different like ministry groups that I've I've heard of and I look up to in the way that they um, do their shows and stuff like that. So um, there's John Christ. He's a Christian comedian, Mm. and I think he's hilarious. (laughs) So, like, I want to have the humor that he has Mm -hmm. in my shows. There's the skit guys, and I think they're very funny, and they do Christian comedy as well. But they're doing it more theatrical, Mm -hmm. and they're actually, like, acting out stuff, and it's two of them. So that's, I mean, that would be, like, me and my puppet. (laughs) There's two of us on stage. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So kind of along the lines of that, and they'll even take some Bible stories. Um, they do a skit with Adam and Eve, and it's so funny. But I I would like to have, like, high-quality mm-hmm. shows. I think there's this expectation that Christians should be doing everything they do in excellence because we're doing it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that whatever I do, it is excellent. It is the best that I can do. I'm using all of my gifts and abilities that he's given me or equipped me to be able to do. So I like, I had look up to some of those people. Tansy. So a couple of things to peel apart there. Tansy is a trailblazer in a lot of ways, because as you noted, we live in a small area and you just found this unique skill, but you're also realizing that there are gifts that you've been given. And so you are, I can't wait until listeners hear about you. And then once your path is a little bit more sturdy Mm -hmm. that you are going to be trailblazing as a female, because I heard you list a bunch of male names there and it's really awesome. I'm excited to be like the, the female that's out there doing good quality Christian comedy. Yay. So yeah, that's what I'm excited. That's my goal. <laughs> Listeners, you heard it here first. Tansy Lou, follow her. She's going to do great things for sure. You're already doing great things and I'm excited for your path. So I want to kind of go back a little bit. You had mentioned social anxiety and yet here you are. All I've ever known about you is to be somebody who can be easily relied upon for, and I'll share some of those stories in a little bit, but just easily relied upon for being consistent and sturdy and a leader and comfortable on the outside to take care of some of those important leadership things that people look to you for. But you mentioned social anxiety. So can you share a little bit about what you meant by that? Well, I was diagnosed with extreme social anxiety when I was three years old. Hmm. And I have struggled with that for um, the 19 years that I've been alive. <laughs> I'm 20 now, so it's, it is over now. I was healed. Um, I was at a Christian camp 
my Bible camp over the summer right before I left for college. I kept praying the whole time that that if it was God's will that he would just have the speaker talk about social anxiety so I could be done with this and we could be healed from it. And that is exactly what <laughs> what the speaker was talking on and he called people forward if they wanted to be healed. Mm-hmm. I did and I'm still awkward socially. But that's perfectly fine because I'm not terrified to talk to people now. I can handle it. But, yeah, it was really, really hard. I never felt like I had friends growing up. Um, I mean, I did. I do call them my friends. But I didn't have a connection very strong with any of them because it was really hard to be open, um, really hard to ever talk to strangers. I had panic attacks in social situations. I I didn't actually go out very much and hang out with people. I was very much homebody, introverted. There's nothing wrong with being introverted. I'm still introverted. <laughs> I get my energy by being alone. Um, and it was a struggle. Well, it's thank you for sharing that because it's really important for us to see that people can be outwardly engaging, but understand that they're having to overcome some pretty significant barriers. And I just love this part of your story, Tansy, because one of the stories that I would share is in our first year working together in the 2014-15 school year, you probably remember that very differently than I do. Of course, you're a student and I was the principal and it was my first year. And we had a challenge in in our culture at that school Mm -hmm. that year and specifically at the end of the year. And what I found as a principal is that we were at the end of the school year and we had planned, I think you worked with me to plan a talent show that had sort of been done before, but not really during the day at the end of the year in this kind of rails rally format that we had. But anyway, we had probably the week prior or a few days prior, a really well publicized student walkout and demonstration on our school grounds. And though that's behind us, our viewpoints on that would have been different. Mine as the administrator who was new and trying to find my space in a school and realizing that there's public headlines against, you know, my role basically Mm -hmm. in a tiny area where you just kind of felt like on a spotlight. And I just remember you were such a light for me, Tansy, from the beginning. But on that day, because you stepped in and created a memory for our school that they can hook to, that they can remember, and that I could just remove myself from and you could enjoy and shine. And it was a brave thing because it wasn't the best culture at that time. But I just remember standing in the wings, watching you and just being so grateful that you existed (laughs) and that you could step in and lead our school in a way that was making people feel good about the end of a year. And here you are with your puppet at the end, making people laugh. And I didn't know that that would be possible for our students. And it was so important for me. And I will never forget that. So for you to come out of your social anxieties and talk about how it wasn't really easy to be maybe friends or around your peers. You have overcome significant barriers to do that and you impact people and you impacted me. And for the rest of my life, I'll be thankful for that. So I'm grateful for your gifts. 
I didn't know I impacted you so much. That's awesome. Go. I just shared that story fresh for you for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it's not little, like everything that we do in life, we're called to things. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard to remember sometimes that it's not just about us. Like in those moments, you were probably nervous and you're thinking, or maybe you weren't, I don't know. You can share that a little bit. Oh, I was. Okay. I was nervous because that was like, that was a big task to be trying to run a talent show. I've, I've never done that before. Yeah. Well, you were an MC, right? Yeah, and we had things yeah. set up, but you just, you, I'm um, so glad to give you that experience. And also to know that it, nobody would have known that you hadn't done that before. Mm-hmm. Me being one of them. <laughs> I just assumed you had. Nope. Wonderful. That's one example of just how you're using your gifts and how you've used your gifts. But knowing too, that you have this kind of drive about you. And it seems that because you're 20, it seems that you are unique in that way because many of us try to find our way, but you've been pretty pretty singularly driven on this idea. And it's really beautiful because you can see how you're going to be able to use it. But I also want to talk about just this concept of your faith. And when you said that you feel healed, what is that? How does that feel different now in this last year of your life? And what maybe if you could reflect upon some experiences that have been brought forth, maybe from that or through that? Well, I mean, with social anxiety, I like stay in social situations for very long. Uh, like I preferred to stay out of them completely, but I pushed myself over and over and over again to put myself in uncomfortable situations for the growth purposes of them. Yeah. But I had panic attacks all the time. Hmm. You know, I'd like, I'd hyperventilate. I, I couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. I would um, get really tensed up and stuff. I just couldn't handle those situations. And when I was healed, I was at a camp with a ton of people I've never met before in my life. Mm-hmm. I knew mm, maybe five people, mm-hmm. but I was only close to two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, after I was healed, I went up to every single person that was in my visual distance and talked to them, introduced myself, um, asked them about themselves. I mean, I, I wrote pages and pages in my journal that week of camp, the, the few days that we had left, just how different I was mm. and that huge shift. And I mean, I just kept writing in my journal and kept reading the, the journal entries before that and then reading the ones I just wrote. And I could still pull them out. I know where the journal is in my bedroom. I could pull them out and, and show you the difference between those two characters. It just it was like, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. That's mm. exactly what it was. Yeah. That's <laughs> nuts. That's really impactful. So in, the, in our pre-chat, we were talking a little bit about why you're still at the institution you're at. And could you share just a little bit about what you're focusing on this year? Yeah, well, we've put a name to it. I'm doing specialized training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a four-year college that I'm at, but I'm only going for two years. I'm skipping my generals, taking classes that I think would most benefit my career choice. And that career choice does not really have a path. No one has done it before. 
not the way that I envision, not the way that God has designed it for me. I really don't know exactly what that looks like, but I'm <laughs> I'm just following the steps that he's giving me. And he only gives me one step at a time. So <laughs> we'll see where it goes. I've decided to um, take classes in ministry, in theater, in psychology to learn how to make the shows happen, make the ministry happen. So it's... It's difficult because I can't anticipate exactly what I'm going to learn in the classes. I don't know what I need to know. Mm -hmm. I just know that I don't know it yet. (laughs) Sure. So I've had a lot of help from some of the mentors at the school that know a little bit more about the classes. And they've helped me and suggested a few different classes that I've decided to take. Jumping into the ocean, (laughs) hoping I don't drown. (laughs) <laughs> well, I just thought of that Alvaro Levine song that was out recently. It's uh, Keep My Head Above Water. God, keep my head above water. So one of the interesting pieces that I don't, I, you've probably made this connection or maybe you haven't, but Tansy was not planning on taking the second year of school. And those of us that work with young teens, late teens, she is clearly a different um, in mindset, in terms of how strategic you are about gaining this specialized training, most of most of what we do, a lot of us, we kind of just follow a path. You know, you you want to go into something, and that's why seventy was it seventy percent of all freshmen change their major, and we just kind of <laughs> wander, right? And we spend a lot of money. So Tansy is really um, super self conscious about the money that she spends, and careful about that. And I do want you to be able to share just a little bit about your mindset there in a little bit. But what I wanted to point out is that you shared with me that there's a new class this year that has never taken place. I'm so excited for it. It's called Women in Ministry. And I actually have a few of my friends that are in it too because they're, oh my gosh, there's one girl that actually led an entire conference at our school Mm -hmm. about women in ministry last year. And then this year we have the class. So she's going to be in it too. We're going to be learning side by side in it. But yeah, I'm super excited for that class. So wait, you didn't you tell me that God reveals a step to you at a time and you weren't going to be at the institution last yeah. year and yet here you are. That's true. And I think it's beautiful because, you know, unpacking the piece that you would like to be uh, one of the first females doing what you're doing and yet here you have these steps open for you and that's exciting. You also had a professor that's I think it's a professor that's kind of poured into you and gotten you into a audition based mm-hmm. group. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to come back for a second year at the school. I don't really know what I was going to do, but I knew I couldn't afford a second year and I it was really upsetting because I absolutely loved that first year and I learned a lot. My professors were amazing. They poured into my life. And I grew in wisdom. I grew spiritually, just in every way I grew that year. So I wanted to come back, but I felt like that couldn't be reality. And my acting um, professor, my theater professor, she's like, well, why don't you try out for Act Two, which is a traveling ministry team that the theater department has. And I was like, well, that would be great, but I still can't afford the school. She's like, yeah, but they give a scholarship. I'm like, Okay, but one scholarship's not going to keep me there. She's like, yeah, but it's a it's a pretty big scholarship. You should at least apply. So I'm like, okay. I applied for it. Little did I know she was just going to give the position over to me right away. She really wanted me to stay for a second year. Um, so I'm on the drama ministry now, and it is so fun. I love it. 
nine of us on the team and we're like family. So it's really great. And we're traveling every Sunday, going to different churches and sharing what it looks like to follow Christ. So it's, it's really fun. (laughs) But yeah, that being on the ministry team has allowed me to stay for a second year and take the women in ministry class that didn't exist before. And it's not a surprise to me that an adult has seen your gifts, Tansy, that there are people placed in your life that can see that to help you along the way and along the journey, because it's really, your light is so bright for anybody Mm. that gets a chance to engage with you. That's, it's really clear. And it's really cool to hear how that story is unfolding in your life. And for the listeners, you're thinking, well, why can't you afford it? Take out a loan. Most people do loans. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, Uh, I was saying earlier, there's a verse in Proverbs that talks about the rich ruling the poor, just like a borrower is slave to the lender. And for me, I didn't want to be in that position where I would be a slave to somebody else because I owed them. And there was a school that I wanted to go to originally that costed a lot of money, and I decided soon after I found out how much it was that I would never go and I would probably never go to school because it's ridiculously expensive. I looked at a few other cheaper schools that caught my interest. I even looked at some other programs and stuff that wouldn't give me credit because I decided I didn't need a degree for a career that doesn't exist. I ended up stepping on campus at North Greenville University because my aunt told me to and I just felt the peace of God from being there. But I still felt like I couldn't afford it. I tried it out for a year. And now I'm going for two years because of the scholarship. But yeah, I'm not taking out any student loans. It's really hard to pay, to pay for it on your own. But God has gifted me with so many other people in my life that have you know, tried giving me some money here and there, helping me out with that. He's given me a lot of different job opportunities that, I mean, he's provided the whole way so far. I don't really have spending habits except for food and gas. So like it's tuition, food and gas. That's all that my money ever goes to. So it's really fun to, again, think about your entrepreneurial spirit has this bold and faithful bone, a backbone behind it, truly, because it's not just, well, I can't afford school, so I'm just going to start working in this way. Mm -hmm. Nope. You're still following your dreams. You're still going to follow that vision. You're just going to do it in a way that you feel you've been called to. And you'll sell homemade suckers to make that happen, which by the way, are delicious. Uh, And I still make those. (laughs) I actually had my mom ship out my materials. So she shipped it to South Carolina and I started making suckers down there too and selling them. (laughs) <laughs> so Tansy is you're you're just a unique spirit in that way too, where you've held multiple jobs and mm-hmm. you are willing to do what it takes, but you're not going to borrow from the dream is what it sounds like. Yeah. And that is a really mature and wise mindset that not a lot of people have. And especially in our culture of put it on the plastic and, you know, there are people listening who would say that, that that's great for you, Tansy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I listen and I think I'm just so inspired by that in you, that you're going to be real careful and you're going to work through these hard times and you're going to do what it takes. For example, building a tiny house mm-hmm. on a budget and mm-hmm. you're going to follow that. And I believe that 100% that that is going to be 
just such a cool part of your journey for us to follow. So can you talk about what you see that looking like? It's not going to sit in the driveway of your parents' house forever. (laughs) They'll go along with the borrower's slave to the lender. I was thinking, what about a house mortgage? (laughs) Like, that's a lot. And I mean, everybody has a house mortgage. That's just, that's how America works. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So uh, I just started doing the math and figuring out some stuff. And it was like, if I... You know, if I got a cheap place to rent, that's still like $600 a month. Well, what if I didn't use that towards rent? What if I just put that into savings because I already had a place to live? And so like the tiny house, a lot of people build tiny houses basically for the same price of a cheap, normal house. And I think that's ridiculous. I was trying to work a little bit smarter than that. (laughs) So we put a budget on my tiny house at $7,000 and we redid all the financial stuff like this last week. And we found out we can build it for under 4,000 now. Wow. We're like, we're halfway through (laughs) that. And I don't know. I don't know how that happened. God has provided a lot of it. I mean, like all my insulation was free. All of my roofing material was free. All the lumber, it was free. (laughs) People have been donating and I've been tearing apart other houses. It's like, that's, yeah, that's another whole story. (laughs) I'll have a place to call home. I'll have to find a land to put on it or like, you know, find a trailer park or something like that. But it's not going to be nearly as expensive as trying to pay for a house, mm-hmm. like a normal house. So I'll be putting money aside into a fund or something to save up if I wanted to buy a normal house down the road. Because I'm sure I will when I have kids. <laughs> so like I'm planning for that eventually too. Yeah, it just, it seemed like a smart move. I'm young. I don't own that much stuff now. I don't have a family I need to take care of. It's just going to be me for a while. (laughs) I don't need a big space. It's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when you talk about, I just want to close something up because I don't know if we jumped into that well enough, but when you say that you're building a career that doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. what if you were to conjure a title that you are going to put your behind your name eventually, or, you know, and you're building that website must be hard, right? Mm -hmm. Because you just, you have to put a title next to your name at some point. What is that going to sound like when you have it built? Do you think? I really don't know. I've been trying to come up with some title that I can tell people. Um, my friend Colton, who is another student, (laughs) um, he and I were talking and he thought it'd be cool if I called myself a ventriloquist. Oh. Because I am a ventriloquist, but I'm on a mission. I have a quest. It's it's an idea we've been throwing around. <laughs> um, yeah, I really don't know what I would call myself, though. It's, what I'd like to do is a traveling ministry, but it's not just a ministry um, that's, you know, a lot of times there's the, the cheesy version of a gospel, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing about God is cheesy. Mm-hmm. He deserves way more than that. And so, again, with excellence, I want to have a ministry that is excellent, that is impactful, and it's reaching people that haven't heard it before. Mm-hmm. But it is also driving into the hearts of people that have heard it and just not made a decision mm-hmm. or their decision has been no. It's beautiful. And it's authentic. And it's so you. I mean, it wasn't me a few years ago. (laughs) 
But you know, I love that because this idea of it wasn't me a few years ago Mm -hmm. just shows that you were willing to be shaped and molded and become the best version of ourselves. And I think I shared that with you a little bit when I made this leap, it's been hard to figure Mm -hmm. out what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Because for the longest time, that's all I've known is working with schools. Yeah. And when we're willing to listen and to step out in faith and allow ourselves to be reshaped. And I think right now you're at the beginning of this really marvelous and beautiful journey. When I look back at my own, I was going to be a broadcast journalist when I was your age. That was my goal. And here we sit in a podcast yeah, after <laughs> a career that I had built. So I think it's a really cool way to just amplify your story, Tansy, and know that I'll have you back on here eventually to you know get an update and see where you're at. <laughs> okay, um, because I know that there are great things in store for you. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. So we are running out of time and I just want to make sure that the listeners are able to connect with you in the future. So you referenced a website. Is there a way that listeners who are inspired to engage with you or to support your message or to look at your progress and track your, your, um, trajectory, where can they find you? Tansy Lou? I mean, I do have a website. It's for the ventriloquism. So that's Tansy T-A-N-S-Y-L-O-U.com. Um, I also have Facebook for the ventriloquism and one for the tiny house. And then I have Twitter and Instagram for the ventriloquism. So basically just search Tansy Lou and it should show up. <laughs> Wonderful. Tansy Lou vent, Tansy Lou tiny house. It's Yeah, it's all All there. (laughs) And I will go ahead and put that in the show notes so that listeners can easily engage with you. Tansy, thank you so much for coming over and sitting and having this really wonderful conversation with me today so that I can share your story with our listeners. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. (laughs) I just love this episode. And of all the years that I asked a student ever to sing a duet with me, Tansy is pretty much the only one who ever really took me up on it. As we stood at the end of the day one time, at the end of the school day, I asked her to sing You Are My Sunshine, and she did. And so for that, I ask you to please share her story widely. Go ahead and hashtag rise, rate or review the episode, share it with your friends. This is really what the Anna podcast is all about, where the mission is in the message and it's meant to land where it needs to. Thank you so much for being a part of the Anna community.